Hey there, and welcome to episode eight of the One Life Podcast, a conversation dedicated to taking risks, dreaming big, and living your life on purpose. Today's episode is brought to you by Strange Bird Media. Strange Bird is a Nashville-based full-service production company providing video, photography, graphic, and web design. As graphic content developers, they work with agencies, brands, and artists to produce high-end media solutions with a fresh touch and unique style. Check out their website at strangebirdmedia.com. So in today's episode, I'm so excited because you guys are going to meet a couple who literally has been given a God assignment. They've been planted in a specific city with specific gifts and talents and a passion to serve a specific group of people. I'm talking about Mark and Carol Maxwell. They are so amazing. And you know what? God has made it very clear that they're called to serve artists and young creatives. And God has put them honestly in the (laughs) best place on the planet to make this happen. The city of Nashville, Tennessee. You know, it's covered with young creatives, dreamers, artists, and God has really allowed them to become pillars in that city. Yeah, ask anyone who's lived there for any period of time, and they have probably encountered the kindness and the generosity and the influence of Mark and Carol Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Carol is an extremely talented and highly sought-after makeup artist there in Nashville. Mark has worked in the music industry for over 30 years as a record executive, an entertainment lawyer, and a business professor at Belmont University. My alma mater. Mm. Somebody's <laughs> got to graduate from this yeah. family, right? <laughs> Kids, look at your mom. Well, guys, before we get started, here is what we know. God has given you a specific gift. Mm-hmm. He's placed a specific city on your heart and has called you to serve a specific group of people. Mm-hmm. And we pray as you listen that he will give you clarity on what those are for you and that you'll receive the courage that you need to walk in them. So guys, let's get into it. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome again to the One Life Podcast. We're here with some amazing people today, Mark and Carol Maxwell. And gosh, they have been such an inspiration and blessing to our lives. And so we are so excited that you get to hear from them here today. So guys, how are you doing? We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We're doing Uh, wonderful. (laughs) We are so excited that you're here. Uh, Great to be here with you both. It's going to be great. Man, these two have just really made a huge impact in our lives and the lives of so many other people. And as we kind of were processing, one of the things with this podcast is we want to bring people on that have impacted our life personally. And, you know, part of that is we want to share the journey. How do we... How do we know you guys? Where did, this, where did this all get started? I know. I was trying to think. Mark, I know. I think we met in 2000. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. <gasps> Which was so... That was 17 years ago. <laughs> that was ago. five kids ago. Right? <laughs> right. It does not seem like that long ago, but I guess it was. That's crazy. So, and it happened because what? What was going on? I'm trying to... Mark, do you even remember? I don't know how... We got connected. Yeah, somebody gave you my name. It was back when you had a trio, a vocal group. And um, I think we met at a Starbucks in Nashville when you were out here visiting from Texas. And That's right. And we're getting started as a group and doing some things and, and we're amazing and really talented and 
And it was oh, awesome to thanks. get to connect with you guys. Yeah. Well, it was one of those relationships that you became very quickly one of those mentors in my life that just made such an impact. And very quickly thereafter, your amazing wife, Carol, came into my life as well. And I just remember you guys being so pivotal and just guiding me in that season where I was just a young artist, not knowing really <laughs> anything <laughs> in need of a lot of guidance and pointing me to God and towards the path that he had for me. So I am forever grateful for your influence and for your investment in my life. It's just been so incredible. So Yeah, and for those of you listening, we talked about a little bit in the intro. Mark, kind of break down a little bit of what you were doing and serving from a, because you are you make a huge impact in Nashville. Uh, what, what did that relationship look like? Yeah, well, at the time I was an entertainment attorney and working with a lot of young artists and established recording artists and authors and just different people them you know maneuver through contracts that they've been offered and business strategies and and that sort of thing and I've been at that now for almost 20 years and um, my focus in life is really serving creative people and helping them with their legal needs and agreements and that sort of thing and so that was sort of the connection that Jenny and I made back then yeah awesome I remember for us like when Jenny and I got engaged I remember she's like look there's a couple that you have to go meet <laughs> I think I might have walked into your house and I think my picture was on the fridge or something. I was like, all right, who are these people? Right. <laughs> That's Absolutely. Great. But it's been great just through the years that, you know, as we connect here and there on social media, but Jenny has just constantly sang both of your praises and the seeds that you poured into her have bared fruit. And so I just can't thank you enough for loving on my wife before she was my wife, and um, we're just super glad to have you guys in our life. We love you guys. Love it. Love it. Thanks. Well, one of the things I love so much about you and remember about you guys is the incredible marriage relationship that you have together. And it was such a gift to me in that season where I was, you know, dating guys and trying to find the man that would <laughs> become my husband. <laughs> I just remember sitting with you guys and thinking, I want a marriage like that. I want that mm -hmm. kind of relationship. Would you share how you guys connected, how you guys met, and a little bit of your story and maybe some lessons that you've learned along the way that have helped you have that kind of a strong marriage? Yeah, sure. Many years ago, my job with Word Records, the Christian record company, I got transferred from Texas to Los Angeles. And within the first couple of weeks there, I ended up at a church out there visiting a Friday night singles group. Met Carol and many of her friends that night. And that night they all convinced me that I was going on a missions trip with them <laughs> in about six weeks to, we, to Ensenada. We <laughs> and, and, and I was like, wait a second, I this is my first night. I can commit that like, no, no, you need to go. So <laughs> So I, I committed to go on a weekend-long missions trip, and a couple of weeks before the trip, I sprained my ankle playing basketball. So I tried to back out. I called the pastor. I said, listen, I, I don't think I can make this trip. He's like, no, you need to go. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm on crutches. He goes, no, no, I, I think you're supposed to go. And so... I went, again, not really knowing this group of people. I was sort of new to Los Angeles, new to the church, and hobbling on crutches in Ensenada, Mexico. And guess who came alongside and, and served me and make sure I had my coffee cup filled all weekend? <laughs> her, name was, her name was Carol and had no idea that she would become my wife. 
within mm -hmm. one year of, of that time. But we spent a great weekend getting to know each other, becoming friends. And it was a great start to a relationship. And we were married in that church and became just a powerful part of our story, that group of people, and really built some great things in our life, you know? So That's so awesome. That's awesome. You know, we, we went on a cruise one time and ended up in Ensenada. And man, getting around on crutches in Ensenada is not an easy thing to do. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was not easy. We had like, we camped out in Mexico. Oh, wow. We were in a field with tents and I don't think we had running water. It was tough and I, we all thought, oh my gosh, he's going to go on this trip. We were just friends at the time and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to focus on getting your stuff and making sure you're okay. And, and we were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy to have him go. But we knew that he was supposed to be there and and the Lord had him there, and he just really opened up our relationship. But it was really tough. You just kind of go, how did he How did he do that, you know, with crutches, I know. Yeah. Do anything for a cute girl, you know? <laughs> and Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Right. Yes. right. Trust me, I get that. You know, it's, it's fine. I'm thankful to that pastor that he pushed me. He, he had no idea what was around the corner, you know. So but I guess in terms of other turning points and things in, in our life, I think— a big part of our marriage, we're coming up on almost 30 years next summer. It's really understanding that our lives on this earth is we're pilgrims and we're sojourners. And a lot of our lives have been marked by big moves, job assignments, I mean, major changes. And we've always really tried to live our life doing those things together, but just realizing we're not going to hold too tightly to this. You know, this city, this house, this job, that's been a big part of our story. We've had time in Los Angeles, time in Virginia, time now in Nashville. And along the way, we've come together and been in great unity saying, God, what do you have for us? And um, we've always made those changes together and really supported one another through, you know, all the emotions that go along with that. And so we continue to live that way in our marriage. And I think that's been one of the keys yeah. and one of the big lessons that we've kind of really walked through a lot of these years. Our eyes are always on eternity. And that helps us keep our palms up and open to the Lord, our arms reaching out and up to the Lord, because we're realizing that this is not our home. We're sojourners, and we're in the world, not of it, yeah. and just realizing that we have to keep our mind and our hearts focused on the Lord. Mm -hmm. and. Wherever we live, we're missionaries, you know, whatever job we're doing. And that keeps us focused on Him and keeps us focused on the eternal things of value. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. So, I mean, you've been in Nashville and being in the different environments that you're in. I mean, Mark, you as an attorney, kind of helping all different kinds of artists. And Carol, I know you've kind of been in the mix as well with different helping style mm -hmm. and makeup, whatnot. You guys have probably encountered and come across so many people like a young, at the time, Jenny Heflin, <laughs> right? who have dreams and they want to take risks and the town of Nashville, Tennessee is just littered and full of people who show up with a box full of dreams yeah. and they want to take risks. And I would love just to hear from your perspective, especially like, you know, Mark, you're teaching at a major university where there are students sitting in front of you who left everything to come and try this adventure, this dream to see if they can fulfill it. What are some of the things you've seen or learned or you see that in the eyes of these young risk taker dreamers that has maybe inspired you or you learned or maybe even some advice that you give to them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it starts with an assignment from God. You know, what is he saying? What is he calling you to? I think so many 
young people these days live their life in accordance with their dreams. And I'm always saying, you know, let's find out what God's dreams are for you. Let's go after his promises instead of your preferences. That's really, I think, the starting point. And sometimes that really just starts with really learning to listen to God. I think a lot of us, we get so busy and we can all be so distracted, but really find times daily and even bigger times monthly and annually where you're really going after the voice of God in your life so you can stay current with the short-term assignments, but also the big ones. And I think for us, once there's a big assignment, you know, for instance, when God called me to leave working at a record company, after 11 years to go back to law school. That was a big one to return to school at age 33. Really big. big. Really big for, <laughs> for, for both of us. And that starts with God's assignment and really listening to his voice. But then it also becomes something where you submit that to those close around you, where Carol and I wouldn't make a decision like that in a vacuum. We would have close friends, pastors, other leaders in our life that we would say, we think God's saying this to us. What do you think? Can you come into an agreement with us and really support us in something like this. Because this is going to be big to leave a career, financial stability, move to a new city, you know, go back to school in your 30s. So that that was a, a big one for us. And any of those decisions, it's having people that are standing with you and saying, we see this for you. We hear this from the Lord for you and want to be with you in prayer. Back when we were making that decision, even then it was funny because we kind of got down to the very last few months of taking that step and actually making that transition. And Carol got really honest with me and just said, I don't think I can do this. This has been something that God spoke to you, but this is going to be too hard. I, I just don't know that I can see this, you know, moving, starting our lives over in a new city. And so I said, okay, let's stop. I said, the thing is, this is not just my vision. It's got to be your vision. I said, would you really spend the next month praying, fasting, listening to the Lord, and I'm going to believe that it's going to become just as much His vision for you as it is for me. So she came back a month later and said, yep, I don't really want to do this. I'm not really excited about it, but I know it's what God has for us. Fully, I'm fully on board. At that so point, I, it was our vision. You know, yeah. it became our vision uh, together. Yeah. You know, and that's what's important. You know, we have to be in it together. It can't be about my career or her career. It's about us. It's right. always about us. I love that so much. You're talking about a big risk that you took. Take us there, because you were in a really comfortable job. You were at Word for 11 years, and all of a sudden you got this dream in your heart to do a massive career change. Talk to us more about that. And Carol, I'd also love for you to share kind of your perspective supporting him through that. Yeah. So in, in May of that year, the Lord very surprisingly spoke to me very clearly in the middle of the night in May and just said, your next assignment is to go to law school. And I was like, law school? It's like I'd never dreamed of being a lawyer. I'd never thought about practicing law. And I had a nice long argument. I'm like, God, I'm too old for that. And he says, by my spirit. And it's like, I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer. And it's by my spirit. And every challenge, it just the Lord kept saying, it's by my spirit. And so I began to meet with my pastor in Los Angeles and others and just saying, does God speak like this? I mean, this is something I've never thought of, dreamed of. Is this happening? And I was like, well, but yeah, sure it does. And so, so we began to sort of steward this word from God. And it took a couple of years to make that transition. And it was interesting when I stood up and resigned at Word, I think people thought I'd lost my mind. And I had, and I, was, I, was, I was the least likely candidate you would expect to be a lawyer. I was a creative person. I didn't look like a lawyer. I didn't think like a lawyer, but it was something God said, this is what's next for you. Left, I think most people thought I'd come crawling back to Nashville after a failed attempt at law school, but it was something God 
continued to meet our needs through it. He gave me all that I needed intellectually, which was really surprising. And ultimately, it was just a new step for us and the assignment that God had for us to serve creative people. And that's kind of what has been the arc of my career, but also Carol and I together, is we've been assigned serving and counseling young creative people, but just creative people in general. And that's really what that, that education was for. Yeah, I mean, the the heart behind it, when God calls you to something, you've got to say yes. And sometimes that saying yes, you know, I, I love to, everybody loves to know the future. <laughs> like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? You know, yes. give me the details. For and I, sure. I mean, totally. you know, I love to know the steps ahead of me. But God doesn't give you the full steps. I think if he did, we wouldn't need faith. You know, we wouldn't need to step out in faith and do it. That ultimately is the thing that the Bible says that pleases the Lord is our faith. In those steps, the Lord just kept saying, I'm pleased with your faith. I want you to keep moving forward. And then he was pleased with us moving forward and saying yes to his calling. That's great. I've heard people say that when you have a dream or you want to risk, that first step is kind of the scariest one. And so it sounds like you had a lot, but you really, you guys locked arms together and took that first step. And one of the questions I want to know is, I guess I can hear from Carol's perspective, is Mark a dreamer? Did he <laughs> did he like have multiple dreams and multiple ideas? And then when this one came, it was like, okay, we'll see if this one really works. Or if it was like, whoa, okay, he's pretty steady on this. This one's going to stick. Where, how did that fall? Because I know there's, there's dreamers out there. There's people like, oh man, if this person said they want to do this, this is serious. So where do you guys fall on that spectrum? Well, I wouldn't say Mark's a dreamer. I'm probably more the dreamer, like, you know, I'm, I'm the one yeah. just sort of really dreaming about things. Mark is purposeful. He gets a word and he sticks to it. And awesome. the big thing with Mark is responsibility. That's one of his strengths. He is a responsible person. And the Lord asked him to do this. And the Lord knew, you know, kind of like Job, God asked Mark to do this and he knew Mark would do it. And Mark would walk through the fire to do it. And we've had to walk through a lot of fire to, you know, in life, but you know, the Lord trusted him with that. And he's taught me how to do that, you know, in our marriage for sure, how to, how to walk through some hard things and be responsible because as a dreamer, you can sort of be a little bit like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. Or, you know, mm, the artist sure. in me. Yeah. Mark is very artistic, yes. but he's a responsible artist. <laughs> and That's there's awesome. a lot of artists. That, That's a rare. That's, That's a really rare bird yeah. for sure. <laughs> hey, Mark, it makes me want to ask another question. Was there a moment as you took that first step and you're three, four, five, however many steps in, was there a moment you go, I don't know. This is tough. This is hard. I'd love to hear that because I think we hear this like, hey, you're on the other side of this thing. It's really great. You've celebrated. You walk through it. Mark, I'd love to hear from you. Did you ever have one of those moments you go like, what in the world (laughs) did we do? Oh, yeah. The two moments that come to mind were the day that we pulled away from our home in Nashville with probably 20 friends standing in our front yard waving goodbye. That was rough moving to Virginia for school for three years, not knowing if we'd ever come back to Nashville. We really didn't know what was next. We just knew we were supposed to move there for school. The second probably moment was that first day of class where all of a sudden (laughs) you go from being a music industry executive to being just another student sitting there with 65 other students. And I'll never forget two of my classes that day out of 65 students for whatever reason, I was the first person they called on. And so in, in law school, most of what's taught is Socratic method. And you're standing up 
in front of all your peers for an hour communicating with your professor while he questions you on, on law cases. That was a moment where I thought, I am not in the music industry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Nashville, yeah. here we go. That was a fun little road trip. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. terrifying and exhilarating at the same time, but it was, it was a moment, so. And he did great, too. <laughs> and the thing about stepping into something like that that really was so far beyond my natural ability, I mean, it was amazing to rely on faith and to say, God, this was your idea. This becoming a lawyer was not my idea. This was not my dream. This was your dream you have to provide for me. And so to be able to put that pressure back on him, instead of the weight being on my shoulders, that I've got to figure out how to make things happen financially for our family, to be able to say, God, this was your thing. So you have to provide. And that's an amazing way to live life when you really live your life according with his dreams instead of, instead of your own personal plan. That's so good. Hey, one question now, as a professor yourself, what do you do on the first day of class? And are you like, who am I going to call You know, I'm, I'm very gentle because I teach undergraduate students. Mostly, my, most of a lot of my classes are 18-year-olds who just left mom and dad to move to Nashville to discover their dreams. And so, uh, so I'm very gentle. Yeah. yeah, I take a little different approach. Part of it is I, I really try to create a community and, and make them feel at peace instead of intimidated. So, but yeah, it, it's a little different feel from the law school education. Yeah. And, but I that's love awesome. that. And that's, that's something that's been a huge honor. Getting to pour into the lives of, of undergraduate students in the music business school here at Belmont has been one of the greatest honors of my life. And it's, I have so much influence in students' lives that I cherish and I try to steward well. And, and Carol's part of it. We, we get to do a lot of events where I bring students here to the house. We have big parties here. We have... <laughs> It's very fun. It's a <laughs> lot of fun awesome. to, to connect with all of his students. And, you know, Mark's, Mark's there. He meets with his students, he just pour into their lives and just help them find the calling that God has for them. I, we love doing that together. Even our kids are a part of that. It's a family affair. It's really cool <laughs> to do it together. Well, nobody does it better than you guys. I just love that you're still doing that. Even all these years later, you're doing the same thing that you were doing for me when I lived in Nashville, opening up your home and bringing mm. people in and making them feel like they're part of your family. And that's how you serve. That's your heart. And I know that's what you're passionate about. And you just do it so well. So thank you guys for, for what you do. I love it. Love it. Love it. So, Mark, you've been teaching now at Belmont as a professor in the music business department. And I want to hear about the book that you've written. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It really has come directly out of my past seven years teaching at Belmont. And it's sort of generated by all my coffee conversations and meetings with students. And it really started with the idea that I saw in so many students, the moment they hit college these days, what they hear again and again is if you want to be successful, if you want to find a job, if you want to find an internship, if you really have an opportunity to develop in your life, you got to network. And networking has sort of become the mantra for the millennial generation and, and maybe for all generations these days. It's like if you want to have success, you got to go out there and find it for yourself and you've got to make it. I saw so much pressure being put on students. I started to say, how does this compare with what when Jesus says, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to be great, you got to become the servant of all. The themes and networking don't align with that. So I just began just starting to share with my students how ultimately I think success in life, career, 
relationships and all that doesn't come from networking. It actually comes from serving. It comes from giving to others, not taking from others. It comes from dying to yourself and focusing on others. And that's what Jesus calls us to. And it's interesting. Really, it's a subtle shift in mindset because it doesn't mean you stay home and don't go out to events. It doesn't mean you don't go meet people. But it's really about your heart and why are you connecting with them? Are you connecting with them for yourself? Are you connecting with them to somehow give them something of importance, showing the love of God to others. And that's really key to life, isn't it? I mean, that's what Jesus taught us. And so that's been a message that that I've shared in a lot of different ways. And ultimately, about a year and a half ago, God said, that's a book. You need to write it. And so I've begun last year to put a lot of that down in just different stories. A lot of the stories are times in my career where I failed in that, where I didn't see that accurately, and how the Lord really challenged me in that and said, was your heart in that? Was your heart to find something for yourself, make opportunities for yourself, or was your heart to really serve others? And so it's a theme that I think we all need to hear and we all need to be reminded of because the world is sort of crowded in every day saying, go out there and take. You got to go take it for yourself. That's incredible, Mark. So the book is called Networking Kills, right? Networking Kills Success Through Serving, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. It, it, My favorite kind of books are the ones that change my thinking immediately. And that is something your book is doing for me. I can't stop thinking about it. And I love that as we're stepping out to build this company, I love how it's kind of navigating us to remember it's all about serving. It's not about connecting with the right people in order to build my business or to build whatever it is that I'm trying to build. It's about how can I serve people. What has God put in my heart and my hands to give to others, to bless Mm -hmm. them? And that ultimately is how we are effective. Exactly. Exactly. I think the base truth to serving is trusting the Lord. Oh, so good. Because you have to, you know, in serving God, you say, I'm going to serve you and serve others. And and it's trusting that he's your provider. Mm -hmm. He's our provider. Yeah. So, and trusting that he has a plan. Trusting that our days are numbered. He's he's ordered our days. Yeah. And that's when we come okay. before him every day and worship him and say, God, what's the plan for me today? Mm-hmm. Serving is trusting him. Absolutely. And, and so it goes, good. goes hand in hand. That's so great. Huge. Thank you. Well, you have served so many people yeah. over your years and encountered so many different stories and individuals who maybe no one ever gets to meet or folks that the whole world knows about. And so I'd like to take a second and just hear from you as you worked in the music industry and you guys have both encountered great people. Who are some of the favorite people that you've had the opportunity to work with and why? For me, one that a lot of folks would know, and he's a producer and a songwriter who comes alongside people like Chris Tomlin and David Crowder and it's a guy named Ed Cash, and he's really a, a Jonathan. He comes alongside great, well-known worship leaders and helps them become better. He helps their songs become better. He helps their records become better, and he serves. He's just a humble, godly man who's so gifted, and I've been his attorney for a number of years now. And just to help him, he's a joy to serve, and I love that about him. Another one that has been a, a longtime client, her name is Natalie Grant, and uh, just love watching Natalie. She's been so consistent, not only as a a creative artist, but just as a mom and as a wife. She's an advocate, a social justice advocate. She started uh, an organization years ago against 
Sex trafficking has had enormous influence there and just continues, even this year, battling some health issues, just continues to point people to Christ right. at every turn. Mm -hmm. And she's just such a consistent person. So she's an honor to get to serve her. And, yeah. and, and she, she always leads people back to the Lord. That's her heart. That's Natalie's heart. That's so awesome. Uh, a person that I love and cherish in my life that I've gotten to know her is Amy Grant. She is a person who has such a servant's heart and is very humble, and she is the same on stage as she is off stage. She just is consistent. Mm. She's a giver of her time, talent, and treasure, and she's definitely one that both Mark and I have been able to serve in, in our business and, and just knowing her as well. It's been an honor to serve her in what she does, so yeah. No, that's great. That's Thank you awesome. so much for sharing with us. I guess it makes me want to know, Mark or Carol, if you guys sit down with these young kids who show up in Nashville and they're like, I got a dream and there's things happening. Do you try and project like, okay, I, I see what's in this person. I, I think they're going to, the doors are going to open and they're going to go. Or you sometimes just start scratching your head going, why did that one not work <laughs> out? That is just crazy to me. I'm sure you just have to see the gamut of the whole thing. I just would love to hear just a little bit about that and what you see for those that maybe didn't make it. You go, I thought for sure they were going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and some of them you cannot figure out. It's interesting. One of the more obvious things is so many creative people, they overlook work ethic and just being responsible. Sometimes the people that have the longest careers, especially in the music mm -hmm. industry, are not the most talented people, but they're often the people that really learn how to interact with people well, love people well, show right. up on time, and just do the work. You know, and so yeah. those are the people because of just their consistency and their love and service of people. They're sometimes just the B or B plus talent. You know, they're not maybe maybe the A talent people. And I see that again and again, and which is interesting. So when someone who's super talented can really learn how to serve people well and also keep their calendar and keep their commitments, then those are the people that almost unstoppable i think yeah it's know, not so. it's not having that yeah. perfect voice or you know someone who has that amazing voice and then it's like but how are they with keeping appointments and being on time and those right. things are important it's not character just, yeah, character, yeah exactly yeah. what do we teach our Gotta kids you know character yeah. counts character counts when character you're, counts, you're in yeah. your home and it's just you you know, that's mm -hmm. important. And it's that same concept with an artist. But man, God, that's the one who God chooses yeah. to elevate, you know? Amen. And, and yeah. I work with a lot of people who are going to become the future leaders and the future mm -hmm. company people. And part of it is helping them to see this truth because super talent without character is, is a flash in the pan. But the artists that really have the long careers and really build something sustainable, you look back and it's about character. Character in the long run trumps talent. And that's really... No, it's so good. Uh, yeah, You said it basically. There's a quote I heard years ago that said, hard work beats talent every single time. Yeah. And so if you have that character and that hard work ethic it can do. And so I you know, hope any of the creatives out there, people who want to take risk or have, have dreams, that they, they hear this to yeah. say, hey, you can go be creative and be an artist, but learn how to be somewhere on time and learn how to manage a calendar and have some disciplines in your life. And the dreams that you have yeah, will yeah. hopefully come to pass. That's great stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we could talk with you guys forever. <laughs> this has just been a blast. We love you guys. And we're going to have to have you back on so that we can talk more about all the things that you guys have coming up. Mark, when your book comes out, we want to have you back on again to just talk all about that. 
that we like to close out each program by asking three questions. So I'm going to ask you, what is a book that's changed your life? What's a discipline or a habit that's changed your life? And what advice would you give to the 20-year-old Mark and the 20-year-old Carol? That's good. Carol, you go first. (laughs) Okay. Well, the book I think that has changed my life, of course, the Word of God, the Bible is is the book. But a book besides the Word of God that has really changed my life, it's a book by Francine Rivers. It's called Redeeming Love. Oh, I love that one. Yes. And I just, I've been learning so much about the Lord and how His outstretched arm is always toward me. And that is the book of Hosea. That is the book Redeeming Love. It's showing us that God is always there when we fail. And taking risks means, you know, there's going to be failures. Sometimes it's not really failure. It's just not how we thought it was going to turn out. And it's the way God wanted it to turn out because he's always looking at my heart. So that book is really ministered to me. And, you know, uh, boy, discipline or habit. (laughs) Boy, I'm I'm learning how to be disciplined, I think. (laughs) You know, that's Mm -hmm. learning how to exercise and take care of my body and be consistent. And so that's something I think he's teaching me. I think later on in life, I'm finally getting it, you know, <laughs> which is important, you know, that's at awesome. least I'm getting it, yeah. you know, um, getting, course, getting, yeah. getting around to that. And then I think a piece of advice, don't strive, rest in mm, him and good. his plan, which really all boils down to trusting the Lord and his okay. plan. I did a lot of striving when I was 20 because I was trying to find out who I was when he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, if you would just trusted me and rested in me more. You would have seen more of your identity, you know, which was in me. So good. Thank you so much. Great stuff there. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I think for me, the book, I mean, there's so many. I'm going to stick to a book in the Bible and say the Psalms. I, I think the Psalms are something that I always go back to. And when I'm having trouble hearing from God, that's where I will often go. And it's something that I always refer to other creative people, songwriters, and I think that's such a great entry point to learn to understand God's heart. For a habit, I think years ago I was taught by our pastor in Los Angeles the importance of personal retreats. That's been something that's revolutionized my life, to have times throughout the year and have at least one major time a year, usually in January, where I get away by myself, either a cabin or a hotel or somewhere that has a lot of outdoor space just to spend a couple of days with God, just he and I without distractions and without media and without other people. And that's something that I think is so key to be able to hear God's assignments for us on a year basis. And so many of the big decisions that we've made in our life as a couple have been rooted in those times where I've gotten away just to really hear from the Lord directly. It's huge. Then the, the advice to my younger self, I'm a huge perfectionist. I'm in a job that requires perfection. So there's problems with that. And I think the thing I would like to tell my younger self is you have to learn to accept mistakes. And part of accepting That's mistakes so good. Is, is learning to trust God mm. when you do make those mistakes. I've had times in my life where I thought I've made mistakes that would destroy me. And it was amazing to watch God come in and cover those mistakes just by His grace. So good. So helpful, man. Thank you both Aww, so much. So great to be with you guys. Golly, you guys Our pleasure. are so amazing. Thank you our for pleasure. your time so and for your wisdom. It is such a blessing totally to Totally our pleasure. Today. We loved being here with you guys. Love you all, too. Love you guys. Love what you're doing here. This is wonderful. 
All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm taking a personal retreat. It's time to go. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That is the way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, so we're gonna put that on the list. That's a great way to start off the new year. I Absolutely. love that idea. Absolutely. Like, all right, I'm gonna see. You. I'm gonna be gone for a few days. I'm gonna hang with Jesus. I'll sounds be back. so good. Yeah. Anyway, man, what amazing conversation. We love them so much, and so so thankful for their time with us here today. And we know for you guys, we've been hearing from you. Thank you so much for your feedback and for the downloads, and and for really just loving this podcast. It means the world to us. Another thing that would mean the world to us, if you head on over to iTunes, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, and hey, share it with the people you love. And as always, you can find all the info for today's episode in our show notes over at our website, onelife.works podcast. Yeah, and if you don't know, we started a brand new group online. Yeah. That'll be in the show notes as well, but the group is called One Life. So if you go to good old Facebook and you search <laughs> One Life and you put risk, dream, purpose, you'll find it. And we're having some unbelievable conversations over there. And so we would love for you to join. It's free and we love having you in it. So Such a great group of people. Yeah. yeah, just really coming together, forming a great community to really lean on each other and go for these dreams that God's placed in our hearts. Absolutely. Well, guys, again, we love you so much. So thankful for you. And remember, you only have one life. Live, Live it, it well. well.